I used to get up in the morning at half past ten at night, half an hour before I went to bed. <laughs> Eat a lump of freezing cold poison, work 28 hours a day at mill, and pay mill order to let us work that. And when I got home... Welcome to Amnesty TV. Comedy is brilliant. When people are laughing, they're generally not killing each other. Which is why Amnesty has been working with comedians since the first secret policeman's ball in the 70s. In this episode, we travel to the Edinburgh Festival to see people who tell jokes. FYI, some jokes are funnier than others. And some things are no joke. It's quiz time. Here's a tricky one. What did Jerry Adams, Miss Piggy, Elvis Presley and the colours red and yellow all have in common? Find out at the end of the show. Hello, hello, my name, my name is Joel Domit. I just um, just literally came off stage at my show at Edinburgh Festival uh, and yeah, Amnesty International have been nice enough to sort of get me along here and they say they've just written some jokes for me so I'm just going to read them out and see how they get on. Um, see we go, you know, you can, you can judge them. Doctor Doctor is one of those ones, Doctor one, those classics. See how that one goes, Doctor Doctor. I have no feeling on the left hand side of my body that's because you publicly supported a human rights activist and were beaten while detained in a labour camp. <clears throat> beaten while detained in a labour camp. Let's do another one, I think. Maybe the... It's kind of a bit more... A bit sombre. Knock, knock, who's there? Is the Cuban police here to arrest you? Because the assembly of more than three people is punishable up to three months in prison and a fine. <laughs> so, <clears throat> is have you someone? Oh yeah. What does an American college student and a country that recruits child soldiers have in common? They're both called Chad. That's actually got legs. That uh, as a joke, that one does have legs. It's just you know. Next one. Here we go. Come on, Amnesty. Come on, Amnesty. What does a ghost and a Saudi Arabian woman have in common? Neither are legally allowed to drive a car. This is ridiculous. Seriously? I think this is going to be a good one. Difference one. What's the difference between a woman wearing trousers in Sudan and one woman wearing trousers in North Korea? Absolutely nothing. They both face arrest and a fine and a prison time. Prison time. What do raves and people arrested by the Sudanese police have in common? They're both held in secret locations. How many human rights activists can you fit in a mini? Five. They're being taken to a Chinese labor camp where they can expect regular beatings and torture. See, I don't think you really understand. You're like, how many can you fit in a mini? Five. And they're like, okay, that's a fact. That's just a fact. And you're like, now I'm going to make it serious and talk about people getting beaten up and stuff. It's just not. I don't think you get what it is. It's just kind of you're making it all serious. <clears throat> what type of cutlery do you use in a Shanghai prison hospital? None. They don't need cutlery, as they force feed human rights activists. It's horrible. Not funny. Uh, I'll try and think of a joke. What's a good joke? 
people people who go to raves are they um, they're pretty persistent. They don't techno for an answer. That's a joke. In your face. In your face. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, everyone watching these horrific actions will be, stuck, will be struck by how they were organized via social media. Free flow of information can be used for good, but it can also be used for ill. So we are working with the police, the intelligence services and industry to look at whether it would be right to stop people communicating via these websites and services when we know they are plotting violence, disorder and criminality. Here is a list of countries that restrict access to the internet. The UK is about to join them. Hello. So, um, the Foreign Secretary went to Yemen, to the Yemen, because he didn't know much about it. And the PM thought it'd be a good idea to work out if they had things like nuclear and the Taliban. When he got there, he had to wear trad Arab clothes and he had to leave his Heineken on the plane. It's a very different world there. He went to a palace and servants chucked petals on the floor so that he felt special when he strolled around. In the evening, he was going to raise the thorny issue of bombs. But the emperor organised an event which was midway between mime and dance. So he didn't really have the heart. The next day he wrote down a list of things to ask their equivalent of the foreign minister but they'd organised for lots of important Yemenis to show him around a gorgeous building and then participate in a sport, not dissimilar to polos, polo. So it's with, with horses, horses and bats. As he was leaving on the Monday, the Foreign Secretary, his name is William Haig, blurted out something about the Taliban, but the door to his little golden carriage was more or less shut at this point so he found he had to make up a lot of his report on his flight home, doing work on the plane. And then in brackets, the last lines in brackets, uh, he watched an American film on the flight home. Welcome to Amnesty News. 2,200 people have been killed in Syria in the government's violent crackdown on pro-democracy protests, according to the UN. The army and police have shot at demonstrators and shelled residential areas. Thousands of people have been arrested. Dozens of people have died in custody, some of them apparently as a result of torture. Amnesty wants the UN Security Council to refer Syria to the International Criminal Court. Protests began in the Middle Eastern country in mid-March and met an immediate and bloody crackdown by President Bashar al-Assad's government. But the UN Security Council has still not adopted a legally binding resolution on Syria. Up to 86 Irish traveller families in Essex could be homeless from the 31st of August if Basildon Council goes ahead with plans for a forced eviction at Dale Farm. 
Although the site is owned by travellers, only part of it is covered by planning permission for residential use. The council wants to evict the three to 400 people living in the remainder of the site, but there are no authorised sites where the evicted families can take their caravans. An estimated 110 children on the site are likely to lose their school places. Amnesty is urging Basildon Council to hold genuine consultations with the traveller families and negotiate a solution. To take action, see amnesty.org.uk slash dalefarm. In Mexico, two women have braved the might of government and military authority in their quest for justice. Valentina Rosendo and Inez Fernandez are from indigenous communities in rural Mexico. Both women were raped by soldiers more than nine years ago, but since then their attackers have remained free, shielded by Mexico's military justice system. Now there's hope their attackers may be brought to justice. Mexico's Supreme Court has ruled that human rights violations by the armed forces should not be tried in military courts. The women's case has now moved to the civilian justice system. This is a vital first step to hold the military accountable. Reports of human rights violations by the armed forces are on the rise. For more about Valentina and Inez's story, see amnesty.org.uk slash Valentina. I'm Bridget Nzeku, that's the Amnesty News. And now the sport. This year's Edinburgh Festival saw another stunning display of tactical nows and skill at Amnesty's annual Comics vs Critics football match. Those guys over there are writing your two-star reviews. They're pointing out the influences of Izzard on your work. <laughs> Come on, team! Mark Watson's comics team, last year's victors, was a stronger squad of younger players. But the critics won 7-3. <laughs> taken to the streets, calling for you to stand down. Your deputies have defected, the army has switched sides and the international community is breathing down your neck. Time is against him. Crisis? What crisis? All you need is a speech, a masterpiece of oratory that will blind everyone with the light from your shiny, omnipotent star. Because when the going gets tough, the tough ramble wildly for three hours on state TV. Step one, wave the flag. You've brought the country to its knees, but people need to understand. You're doing it out of love for the magnificent land in which you were born. I have lived for this nation. It will remain a dear, beloved homeland. I will not separate from the soil until I'm buried underneath. Step two, throw sticks and stones. The thousands of peaceful protesters bravely seeking a new dawn, they're all treacherous scum. Round this point home using every playground insult under the sun. Call them vermin. Where were you, you rats? Greasy rats and cats. Call them criminals. Now they besieged the central bank and they want to loot. Call them junkie criminal vermin. Youth who were given hallucination tablets, raiding police stations here and there like rats. Step three, play God. Ordinary mortals sometimes have ideas above their station. You, on the other hand, are the work of divine intervention. Boast like crazy and refer to yourself in the third person. The current moment is not relating to my personality, not to Hosni Mubarak. Ahmad Gaddafi is not the president, he is a leader of a revolution. Is history, resistance, freedom, victory, revolution, 
This is an admission that from the biggest power that Muhammad Qaddafi is not the president, is not a normal person. Step four, feign compassion. Peaceful protesters, innocent bystanders, defenseless children, they've all been gunned down on your orders. Make nice and shed a tear. The King of Bahrain made a rare televised speech during which he apologised for the deaths. Step five, be frightening. Two hours in and the audience will be getting bored. Time to shift it up a gear with a scare story. It's an evil plot led by mysterious forces. You don't need any evidence to back the story up. They'll just have to trust you. Syria is now actually facing a very great conspiracy linked to several countries. Plots that, that are being hatched against our country. Our enemies are doing on a daily basis to attack and sabotage the stability of Syria. And remember, chin forward, shoulders back and wave your hands like crazy. If none of that works, toss the UN Charter over your shoulder and run. Jerry Adams, Miss Piggy, Elvis Presley and the colours red and yellow, did you guess what they have in common? They've all been censored on television. Margaret Thatcher censored Jerry Adams' voice, Miss Piggy was banned in Saudi Arabia, Elvis Presley's hips were too stimulating for American television, and the colours yellow and red are considered too political for viewers in Burma. to wonder why on earth these people are sprinting in executive power suits, you could have added your voice to one of Amnesty's urgent campaign actions. But don't worry, there's still time. This link takes you where you need to go. Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, everything that's wonderful is what I feel, oh 